Episode 234, Alpesh Patel, Tested. I'm excited to get all the updates, man. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster ride, mate. It's just been, it's been crazy. Welcome. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, former teacher and athlete, now turned lifestyle entrepreneur, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and host of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Every week, I start it off with me, myself, and I, and my thoughts on the week. And this is also accompanied by the brand new for 2017, Awaken Your Alpha TV on YouTube. So please do jump over there. Get to the podcast. I'm getting to it, Alan. As usual, please do head over to ayalpha.com to connect with the show, connect with me, and really get all the exclusive stuff and what it's all about. The easiest and most interactive way is men, please do head over to my completely free men's mastermind on Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW. That is really for any gentleman out there, or dudes, or guys, or whatever you want to call yourself, who resonate with the show and want to take it up a notch and actually have that interaction about all and everything that we cover on the show weekly. Um, that's where we're in there, where the, the actual guests are in that group. I'm in there daily, and that's where you can get all your questions answered and have some interaction and basically connect with like-minded individuals. And that's what it's really all about. It's the start of the Alliance of 2017. So please do jump over there. And as usual, you'll please do share, review, like. Um, if, you ha- if you have been listening to this for a while and you haven't managed to get a chance to review it, please do. It makes a huge difference. I'd really appreciate that. And reach out to me, connect. I'd love to hear your story and what you're up to and what you're doing to make a difference and a change in yourself and in the world. Enjoy this week. Speak to you soon. And I look forward to sharing this week's guest. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Well, this is the first on Awaken Your Alpha. This is the first comeback. So Alpesh Patel, we interviewed, well, we spoke back in 2014, episode 82, which I'll put into the show notes as well, Africa's Calling. Since that time, well, that episode I've, I've looked and it's been downloaded over 30 countries and he's been up to a lot. I've just found out a little bit of the updates. He's recently, he's just written a book, Tested. The dream is free, but the hustle comes at a cost, a true story. So that's what we're going to dig into today. If you want to know the backstory, you can go and listen to the first interview. So we're really going to dig into that. So Alpesh, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? My, my alpha has been awake for a while, mate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, change of scenery as well. You, you just mentioned you're from in Notting Hill in London at the moment. You, you're in the process of moving there full time. Yeah, you know, um, just to give you some background, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last interview. I, I don't really actually know what we discussed. I think it was, mainly, <laughs> I think it was around my phone. It was all about my phone. It was, yeah. um, I don't know if you know that I'm one of the original refugees that we got kicked out by Idi Amin back in the early 70s. I think we might have mentioned that. that yeah. yeah, that is, wow. Yeah, I love, yeah, that stuff so interests London, London me. Is, uh, yeah. London is my home. Uh, you yeah. know, the British uh, government were kind enough to take us in. They were the only ones who could take us in. And uh, <laughs> I've been on the road for 25 years, you know. I left London in 1990 and lived all over the world, finishing off in Africa. And I just really wanted to come back home. Yeah. I wanted to bring my learnings and 25 years of, global roller coaster experience and, mm. and to a, a market like the UK. Um, you know, we've, we've got London here, international city. You've got a lot of capital here. You've got some very, very, very smart capital here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just wanted to come back home and see how I could now uh, be part of this whole new wave of, of the UK, you know, um, uh, standing on its own again. And, you know, it's, it's a powerful country. Man. Yeah. Yeah. No, interesting time. Like you say, it's, I think it's a great time to, to get back in there with sort of the leaving the leaving Europe. Um, that well, that's on the one thing, and then, well, yeah. 
Uh, don't, don't forget that. I mean, you know, it, uh, London is the fintech capital of the world. You know, there's a lot of good things going on here in tech. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because I come from a little bit of a tech background, it's just, you know, I just feel that um, there could be some synergies. Tell us about the book, Tested. What have been the big changes? You're out of my phone. You've sold the company. Is that correct? And yeah. Tell, so what happened? about the last three years. Well, you know, when I spoke to you last, I was, you know, we were probably, what, uh, six, seven years old, 2014. Yeah. We set up in 20, 2008. We were one of the first tech hardware startups in Africa. This is going back in 2008, where the word startup was not even recognized. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incubators, accelerators, none of, none of that stuff was bandied around in those days. So we were really like the pioneers in creating a tech startup in Africa. And over that first six or seven years, I just could not raise any money. Mm. You know, I was knocking on doors. I think I told you I've, I've knocked on so many VCs and private equity. We did more than $40 million, you know, um, and we were in, at one point we were in 17 countries and I still could not figure out why am I not being able to raise money in this business? Yeah. Um, and so it started to get really frustrating. And as do you, started, do you think it was people's attitudes, like, like you said, you're as a pioneer, so they're not used to it and they're scared of it, worried it, or because it's like you say, it's an African startup. What, what do you think it was? It's an African about? startup. And I'm, you know, I mean, uh, 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 tested is basically a testament to the challenges that I've been through over the last 25, 30 years. Half of the book is more about the last 10 years because that's the freshest memories. Yeah. Also, you know, when I left Motorola at the age of 40, I thought I was the slickest guy on the planet. I was a wise guy. <laughs> I thought I knew everything. And the minute I decided to jump off that cliff and build a plane on the way down with my phone is when I really learned about myself. I really learned about, you know, um, you pay school fees. I paid major school fees over the last eight years in the art of uh, uh, being educated in the art of entrepreneurship. Yeah. So I really uh, was frustrated to a point where I was about to give up. And then all of a sudden, this $5 billion South African conglomerate comes up and says, you know what? We like your business. We want to buy part of it. And I'm like, I went all over the world. And just 20 minutes down the road, I find a company who was 20 minutes down the road. And I'm like, I, I went all over the world looking for money. And the money was 20 minutes away. That's interesting. There's a lot. It's like a life lesson there, isn't it? You know, the it gold is. is right in front of you a lot of times. Wow. Yeah, sometimes you just don't know. You just don't. You look beyond your doorstep because you think your doorstep is not is not nice. But, you know, um, so but that was a very, very challenging uh, deal for me because they were a, a, a massive public listed company. And me being an entrepreneurial company, we spent one year of due diligence when it was meant to be three months. Right. Yeah. And they checked me out. They, I mean, I'm so glad that I had all my paperwork. I'm so glad that I had utmost governance, even though yeah. we didn't have a proper board. But I've always, always said that, you know what, uh, I'm living proof that you can build a pan-African business in a very legal way. Mm. And, so, uh, and that's what we did. And that's why a public company bought us because our, our books were in order. There was, no, wow. there was no like, you know, secondary accounting somewhere or some black market money somewhere. Everything was kosher. You've been working hard at this and it's, 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 it's been tough, I know. But when was the lowest point where you was thinking, God, what, what am I going to do with this? Or like, where, where's the money? And when did the, the, that company contact you? How was that? My CFO at the time just said, look, come and have a meeting with some guys in Pretoria. They want to talk about distribution. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the meeting. I was like, I was about to leave for uh, the US uh, yeah. to promote my black smileys. You know, we developed. Yes. Black- yeah. 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 The emojis. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So I was about to leave for the US to promote that. And I said, okay, I've got nothing to lose. And then I went to this meeting and the guy said, well, we, wanna, we like your product and we'd like to sell in Kenya. I said, well, you can't because we have an exclusive distributor there. Okay, no worries. We'd like to sell in um, Rwanda. I said, well, no, we have a distributor there. Um, can we sell in Nigeria? I said, well, we have a distributor there. <laughs> so, you know, like, so where can we sell? And I'm like, you know what? 
I'm tired of all this bullshit. And I told him, this is what I said. I said, I'm tired of all this. We have, keep on having all these meetings. You know what? Why don't you just take a piece of the pie? And then you can have a piece of everything that I do. And the guy said, okay, well, I never heard from him again. Three weeks later, he sends me an email saying his CEO wants to meet you. <laughs> so I went to the meeting uh, again, thinking that maybe they still want to do distribution. And the guy told me straight that, listen, they, they've been looking for a mobile company for two to three years. It's part of their 2020 vision as a yeah. corporate. And um, they really like my phone. They've heard a lot about it. And they, uh, they said, but the only way they'll buy it is if it's an outright acquisition. Wow. So 51%. I love the way like it's just quite, quite organic and you've gone into it's like that the opposite of desperation mode. It comes across like, you know, don't waste my time, not too worried about it. And that, that yeah, was pretty was quite so, attractive. Was, yeah, because I was so used to rejection by that time. Yeah. You know, when you, when you get rejected all the time, you just like get so used to it that it doesn't bother you anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I just thought, <laughs> let me just put it out there. Most likely they're not even going to think about it. Yeah. And I just went to US the next day, never thought about it until I got this email inviting me for a meeting. Wow. So it really so started. Powerful. Yeah. It, it is, it is. And it's all documented in the book. And then what happened there was basically we had to go through the due diligence phase. So the biggest challenge that I had was evaluation. Mm. Minor things can multiply. And yeah, before you know it, it can either go completely wrong or it can go very right. If you know what Correct. I mean. Yeah. All right. So yeah. the valuations we didn't agree on. Uh, obviously, I'm valuing it high. They're yeah. valuing it very low. We had to meet somewhere in the middle. And then the day came when the documents were ready and I had to go to Dubai. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't have enough money to pay my lawyers. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was really, really, I was, I was really desperate because I had assumed that their money would have come in after three months. Now it had been six months and I was yeah. like, really? and I stopped trading. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had oh to stop my, trading. you were committed. Wow. I mean, yeah. I had to stop trading because I'm like, I don't know where, which way to go. I can't be shipping stock and everything. If there's still something like a deal going to be happening because we had to have a fresh start. Yeah. And, um, God's honest truth, I became my own lawyer. I went from <laughs> one law office to the other. It's all in the book. Yeah. And how I learned about term sheets, how I learned about shareholder agreements, how I learned about uh, executive contracts. I mean, this was all learning on the job just to save money because I did not have $200,000 for my lawyer's fees. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, I did the deal. And then, you know, at the last minute, they wanted to pull out. Oh, yeah. see, this, this is, yeah. this is, this is like when you're trying to sell a house, but on steroids, this is yeah. like multiplier times a thousand. The guy, the guy calls me in Dubai saying, um, the, the CEO that actually, uh, did the deal for me, he actually resigns. Oh, <laughs> like, man, sign it and, and then about, resign. I'm about to sign the deal. And then he said, let's, sorry, you've got to come back to South Africa, present to the board. I said, there's no way. There is no way. There's no, I can't go back home if I don't do this deal. I can't go back. I can't. Yeah. And um, I won't lie to you, uh, Adam, uh, it's in the book as well, but that night I cried. Yeah. I cried. I cried. I'm not surprised. I have, uh, you know, I was like, I was like, what, what is this, man? What, what, what is this? Why, why do you work so hard? Why do you make sure that you, you say yes to everyone? You say you tick all the boxes and still there's something missing that you never thought of. And, you know, I, I, it, 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 it got to a point where I was literally in tears. Mm. You know, and I didn't know what to do. Uh, my family wasn't there and I was in my friend's apartment. He'd gone off to America, so he left the apartment to me. I was on my own. I'm like, for the first time in my life, mentally, physically, and spiritually, I felt alone. Mm. And I really needed some divine intervention and it came. It came in the next three days where they managed to convince their board that they've really taken the piss out of our patient. They've not, they've got to go. They've got to get, they got to <laughs> See, I, I know, I know you're London based and originally from there. Cause that is a great, that is the term that I, I love to use. Yeah. They have taken the piss out of you. 
for our American people listening, that is that is how we talk. That is yeah. awesome. <laughs> so I was like, um, and I signed the deal, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great, great. It was an amazing feeling that you know, after seven years of knocking on doors and all that, you know, and and this was not some old granddad pulling cash under, out under his mattress. This was not some dodgy Indian trader giving me black money. <laughs> yeah. This was not even a PE or VC. This was an outright acquisition. It's probably one of the few times in African tech history that a startup has gone from nothing to being acquired by a public company. Literally from nothing. Like you said, how much was it acquired for in the end after all this sort of back and forth? I'm not going to go into the details yeah. of the exact number, but it's circa 10 million US. In this valuation process as well, what, tell us a little bit about that, that struggle. So for people who are maybe starting their business or in the early stage or thinking to start something that they could maybe potentially sell down the line, that struggle of that valuation, you know, you say 10, they say one, you say 100, they say five. I mean, how did that work? And tell us a little bit about that process. Well, you see, the, the, the biggest challenge I had in Africa is that if you're in Africa, your value is discounted already. This is the problem. So in hindsight, what I should have done, and again, it's in the book as part of my yeah. lesson, I should have set up my phone in Silicon Valley, right? Because then I would have been in an ecosystem that says, okay, we're going to go after not only the biggest beast in the room, which is Africa, but we're going to go for all emerging markets. That is, that is a very good point. Like you say, if you were based there, attacking Africa from there, game changer. Game changer. Wow. That's what I say to everyone. If you're setting up a business now, make sure your location is right. Make sure your location is right. You've got to be in that ecosystem that will embrace your innovation. It will embrace your risk. In Africa, when I was doing my entrepreneurship, we looked as pests. Mm. You know, big boys buy from big boys. If you're a small guy like me, get to the back of the queue unless you've got some money to pay your way to the front, right? I write a lot about the double G phenomenon, meeting gatekeepers and gravy trains, you know? I mean, we just in the jungle, so we had to really do things that, you know, I'm like, we needn't have to do this if we were in the US or in the UK, yeah. you know? Because we have a process here. We have a process in the US. So that helps in valuation. Secondly, I'm an expert now, I think I am anyway, I'm an expert now and advising any startup now to say, what is, what is the product or service you're offering? What is the value it's creating? Let me see your margins. Let me see what is your target segment. Let me see what is your brand strategy. Let me see what is your sales strategy. You could have the, the, the most brilliant technological uh, innovation, but if you can't sell it, forget it. Yeah. You know? um, I always believe sales first and the strategy will take care of itself. Yeah. Got to get the orders because that's what paid my bills because we didn't have a burn. We didn't have a burn rate. Mm. You know, if we didn't make money, we just burnt. Yeah. You know? A lot of the Silicon Valley startups are in five year mode. Yeah. Getting salaries paid and everything without even creating revenue. And that, I feel that that's more like a nursery school. Yeah. They get so much time to, to work it out and get it right. Whereas yours is kind of like more sink or swing, swim even. And you've got to, you, like you say, you need to have, you don't have loads of people putting their money in hoping or thinking this is going to go like make money down the line. Yeah. Right. No, I, I just think that, you know, the valuation lessons learned is that I think I sold my company too cheap. I was, again, I, I did it sounded, I was not expecting, I sounded cheap ish yeah. <laughs> in terms of what I we've been talking yeah. about. And I've obviously spoke to you three years ago. I've been watching, I know the journey yeah. and yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, at, at one point we did have a valuation of 30 to $40 million. Yeah. You know, but the problem is, um, it all came down to margins. It all came down to cash flow. It all came down to how many receivables you got. You got how many debtors you got. Well, who are your yeah. creditors? I mean, and I suppose right near the end that didn't help when they're they're literally about to pop, pull out. It kind of that weakens your position, I would imagine, as well. No, but you see, they got me in a nice way. They got me because you see, they could have walked away from the deal. They do deals every day. Yeah, 
they bought and sell companies. They buy and sell companies every day. Exactly. I was so hooked into them. Yeah. And this is why I say to entrepreneurs now, you know, you must be ready to say no. Yeah. No is the new yes, as far as I'm concerned. I was in a corner in the, into a stage of desperation. Mm. But I knew that if I had three or four other options, which I had already exhausted, I didn't have any other option. Yeah. I had to take the deal. And because we thought the deal would take three months and it didn't happen six months, it didn't happen one year, it happened. We were like, we were stuck. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, I, I mean, taking from that all right the way down to like people listening to thinking of starting businesses or even, you know, in, in their businesses in early stage, I can think of that in similar situations when you get, you get almost, it's supposed to be a collaboration with someone on whatever level and then you get more hooked into it than them and like you say, they, they can take it or leave it. But if you commit to the point and put maybe other stuff on hold, like you've done, you cease trading um, and then if it falls through and stuff has done that for me, it's a very frustrating point to be in. And usually the other party, like you say, is just like, oh, it doesn't affect them so much. But if you kind of put your stuff on pause to then pursue this and it doesn't happen, so frustrating. Like you say, it's a painful lesson to learn, but it's, um, you know, I think you, you, you definitely take that forwards. And, no, uh, but definitely. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was a, it was a really nice um, a feather in the cap in terms of, you know, just to, just to be able to prove to people that, you know, it is possible. Yeah. It is possible to exit. Forget about whether it's 10 million yeah. or 20 million. The fact is we exited to a public company which showed that it is possible. Yeah. Right? Um, of course, in hindsight, I would have done it in a much cleverer way, in a much different way. But we didn't know. There was, we didn't have any role models. There's, yeah. no mentors, there's no advisors. You know, this is just literally in the jungle. You are the advisor now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone has this, this, you know? Literally for the whole, this is, I mean, it's invaluable information. Yeah. We're in the jungle and we have to, you know, being in the jungle, there's no path. You have to chop down the path. You have to make your own path and you don't have any yeah. weapons. You know, yeah. so it's, it's, it's very difficult. And unfortunately for me, I didn't really like what happened afterwards. So even though, even though in the book, you see the climax is when we sold my phone and in yeah. everyone's opinion, that's the climax. Yeah. I talk about the post-acquisition blues. Oh, because I uh -huh. say that's like your baby. You've, that's been your mission and you've brought that from zero to hero. The post-acquisition blues for me was, you know, it was a marriage of two completely different worlds. You know, you had a behemoth 50,000 employee corporate and you had me, the small entrepreneur mindset. And all of a sudden, I've lost control because I've, I've, I've sold 51%. Mm. Right. So now decisions that I used to make every five minutes, every 10 yeah, like minutes that. now take four weeks. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, For an entrepreneur, yeah, this is a killer because it's, it's all about speed. And, you know. and you know, we, because we never had the money for the seven to eight years. And the reason we survived is because we were very nimble because whatever money we had, we used it wisely. Now we had all this cash coming into the company. It's like, okay, we, but we're still not going to go crazy. We're going to spend it in the right areas. Unfortunately, there were certain, certain things with our business that, the, that the, um, uh, the investors didn't like. For example, my office in China was actually a three-bedroom apartment. <laughs> right? <laughs> in Shenzhen. And we've been doing that for seven or eight years. And the product was always great. And yeah. I couldn't really care because as long as my guys in China performed, yeah. I was okay with them you know, cutting their costs down. Yeah. And these guys were like, no way. We need proper offices. and we need this yeah. So a lot of money went into employment contracts for staff and we were just always working with freelance contractors because then yeah. there was no liability. Yeah. If, you if, they were, if you're not happy with them, you get rid of them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the processes came into place. Um, for example, every distributor now had to sign a 100-page distribution agreement. 
I'm like, the, my, most of my distributors were Indian traders. They don't even check their emails. <laughs> right? So all this frustration started and I'm yeah. not knocking anything. I'm no. not knocking. That's just the way it is. Yeah. It's just the transition to, like you say, go from one world to the other and just like, sounds like it's a Correct. tough transition. And yeah. It was a very tough transition. And the other thing is, you know, when you change your way of working, I mean, it's a shock to the system, you know, and that shock, you know, it takes a good one year to kind of get through everything. Um, and, and unfortunately for us, what happened is that the, because of the time lag in getting all these things done, that we had to basically get, get back into the market yeah. and became tougher because we had everything set up now. We had money, everything, but to get back into the market with the flow that we had before proved to be much more challenging. Unfortunately for us, this was uh, early part of last year. I don't know if you read about the African recession, right? Not really. No, no. Well, for example, Nigeria, the currency went crazy. You yeah. couldn't buy dollars. Angola, our most profitable market, you could not get one dollar from the central bank. Even today, you have oh. challenges getting foreign exchange. So yeah. there was a big, big crash. I think it's all because of this oil price that dropped mm. uh, early part of last year. Yeah. And a lot of the African economies borrowed money on their, oil, on their oil revenues. So it affected us. Macroeconomic conditions affected us a lot. But the thing that really, really bothered me about this whole thing was um, when a Chinese brand called Xiaomi came into Africa. Oh, I followed this. I followed this. This was, this was cheeky, to yeah, put it in an English very, term, very, very <laughs> on a big scale. Tell very, us about this because, yeah, this is, I saw this and I, was, I read some of your posts and I was like, man, you know, I know imitation is flattery, but this is taking it a bit far. The problem is, you see, our leadership in Africa, let me, let me, let me put it another way. Me as my phone, which was set up in 2008, Xiaomi set up in 2010, right? Even though I had my trademark registered in China in 2008, I could never think about taking them on in China. Oh, yeah. A Chinese government would never allow a foreign brand like me to come, in, come into their home turf. They would always support a local brand. That's why Xiaomi is so successful in China, mm. right? Why should African governments allow someone to come into Africa when... My trademarks were registered from day one in several jurisdictions, right? We may not have been big and famous like Apple, but the fact is, you know, and everyone knows I was there first. Yeah. The similarities are like immense. I'll give, to you get, one people listening to this. I'll give you one classic example. There's a guy who called me up, who sent an email to me saying, you know what? I'm never buying your bloody phone again. And I said, I said, why? He said, I was at your launch in Durban and, uh, all the, the, the white managers, uh, they, they were just being racist. He was an Indian guy. Yeah. He said, they were just being racist. They didn't even talk to me. Um, you know, there's just no way I'm going to buy your phone because your, fo your phone is all about racism. So I'm like, but I never did any promotion in Durban. <laughs> he said, no, but you're my phone. I said, yes, we are my phone. He said, well, there you go. And he showed me the Xiaomi box. We said, am I? Yeah. And I said, no, that's not us, man. It's not us. Oh, and this is the, this is that, that must have been just like tugging at your heart, all that hard work you put in. And, like, and then you're getting, like, that's the stuff that you, you hear about. There must be thousands of stuff that you, you know, if that's, you're hearing about that, that's going on. And like, they're literally destroying a piece of your brand because the average consumer's not going to take the time to think, oh no, that's the Chinese my phone, not the African correct, my phone. Correct, correct. Yeah. So we had this challenge where they just came in, they just steamrolled in. Uh, saying that they're going to empower and help Africa with low-cost smartphones. I said, excuse me, excuse me your, low, your cheapest smartphone is $150. How are yeah. you going to empower Africa when I, when I have $20 smartphones? So now people are going to think that the real my phone, me, is, is much more expensive all of a sudden. Yeah. They're not going to buy my product. So there was a lot of issues, you know. And unfortunately for me, I think it was my final straw. Mm. Because I realized that, you know, no matter how hard you work, no matter how above board you are, in Africa, there is no rules. 
that yeah that's there is yeah a, that's the, the legal the, the the challenge i had for my own legal team especially in south africa i mean just because the old judges never saw our billboard on the way to work in Santon, yeah they thought that we didn't exist and excuse me my market is not a 65 year old white guy i'm sorry my market is a 20 year old urban black youth in the ghetto yeah that's my market that's where i advertise that's where i do my activities so you know you know they just felt that um you know we should just let xiaomi come in and you know we should trade together i'm like it's not gonna happen no man so i mean i was gonna say so is that how that all kind of how did that play out that's how well, it, you the left thing it. Is, yeah. well the thing is that um you know i got sick and tired of it my investors got sick and tired of it we were just spending money on legal cases and we said you know what we're not prepared to throw money behind this because the african courts just drag it out they just yeah. drag it out yeah you know i mean it's a very simple thing we were there first we've got valid proof don't let those guys in yeah 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 oh you know that that was uh that again really tested my mettle and while this is all going on i'm still have this challenge of building the business again yeah because momentum's huge in everything and like you say you you paused it you had to cease trading while this is going to be to be very very frank with you after all of this i lost my passion Mm. i lost my passion for doing something in africa i lost my passion for the, the phone business because it's so cutthroat. Yeah. So, so many rats and mice and smoke and mirrors. And uh, I've still got a lot of money owing to me from the old days. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very tough business. Mobile mm. phone. And I'm just like, you know what? Let me take all these learnings. Let me take all the pain and let me see if I can create something beautiful out of it. And that's what I've done with the book. Wow. What a book. I mean, geez. And it, that is, yeah, it's a, a lot to go- it's, a, it's a 350 page roller coaster. And in this book, I talk about the dark side of entrepreneurship. Mm. I talk about the things that people don't talk about, you know, the psychological problems, the emotional problems, the depression, the, the fact that, yes, even though we put some money in our pocket, what did we really give up? Mm. You know, was it worth giving up what we had? Because the investors themselves, they try to change the very thing that they got excited with in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were a black urban brand and these guys did not even want to mention the word black because they thought it would be politically incorrect. Oh man. Yeah. You, you, yeah. When I asked you, your brand was so cool. It was just, it was the, that was the whole point. It was unique. It was different to what's out there. Not then buying your company and then just fitting it into the generic mold of all the other companies or phone that's, companies. That's, that, you see, that's what happened. They tried to change a few things and I was like a, you know, I'm like an animal, man. I'm, I'm, I'm roaming. I'm, I, I find my prey and I devour it like a beast, you know, and here <laughs> I was, here I was in a cage. Yeah. You know, couldn't move sideways, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. I know it's frustrating for an entrepreneur. Yeah. And again, my, my, again, so the lesson from here is very simple for any entrepreneurs listening. Raise money as soon as you can bring in external partners as soon as you can so that you don't get into the mindset that I got into for seven years of doing the same thing all the time. Yeah be willing to change. You know, for seven years, I was doing my thing in, in such a way that I was happy. I was in control, but then the minute I had to give it up, I didn't really know what to do. Mm. You get me? Yeah. So get yourself surrounded by some very smart people from a very early stage. And my biggest joy of this acquisition was after seven years, at the end of the month, I was not on my computer paying salaries. <laughs> yeah. Right? So they took 51% of my headache. Yeah. So is that, is that, is that, how is, how is this state of play now? Are you, compl- are you a silent partner? Are you completely out so of it I've, now? I've, no, no, no. I'm a silent partner. And uh, what I've done here is we're basically um, talking about, you know, what the next step is. Do they want to invest more money? 
uh, do they want to still continue with the African thing with my phone? Um, and I'm looking at it like, I'm happy to take the brand back. You know? I'm happy to look at it and, and say, okay, how do I pivot? How do I now use this to now create something bigger? And we're just going through those talks right now. Yeah. But I could tell you right now, like I said, I've lost my passion. Mm. So I feel now what I want to do is I don't want to go and build another billion dollar company. Mm. I really want to be part of other people's growth and just tell them, listen, guys, this is what you should do. This is what you should not do. Uh, not because I'm a, I'm a guru or anything. It's just because of serious life lessons. Learned. I was going to say experience and yeah. like, test so, it. Just test uh, one, it. Wow. So yeah. one of the things um, is I've got a really cool site called dubay.com. D-O-O-B-A-Y. It's a luxury curated e-commerce site for the Middle East. Yeah. You know, um, so I've taken minority positions. Yeah. You know, and I'd rather do minority positions because I want the entrepreneur to, to drive the business and, and use me as a sounding board, as a mentor, as a coach. Yeah. And really be able to create value for them. Because at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is a, is a big, it's a big, uh, it's, a, it's very glamorous. Yeah. You know, uh, the problem is that the grass, uh, to be honest with you, Adam, the grass is not greener on the other side. And if it is, it's probably fertilized with bullshit. <laughs> Quote of the episode, man. <laughs> That's awesome. No, seriously, because no, everyone, I know, I know. Awesome. everyone wants to give up their job and become entrepreneurs. There's oh my goodness. Them, no? Yeah. Some is people it, have very good jobs or very like jobs where no. like, just don't, yeah, like you say, don't believe the hype in terms of entrepreneurship is not for everyone. 100%. It's not for everyone. It's no. not for everyone. If you have a good job, you can spend weekends uh, playing golf or whatever, you have time every night to hug your kids. Let me tell you, you're a very lucky man. You're a very mm. lucky woman. Yeah. You know? um, it's because we're human beings, we feel that there's something bigger and better out and there. And when you take on something like you did, and it comes all consuming as well, it's not just the time that, like you say, your time to get away. It's the, the mental break as well. Sometimes, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you found it very hard, especially in that last year, to turn off your, when you did get downtime. Because it's, it's uh, yeah. very, very difficult. So like for the last six months, I mean, since I moved to London, I've, I've been spending a lot of time on my own. I believe that solace and solitary is where you get, 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 you get, get together with your thoughts. I've, 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 I've you know, become much more spiritual. Mm. My friend, Robin Sharma, I think you know him. Um, he's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. I mean, I uh, follow a lot of his uh, guidance in terms of just, you know, at the end of the day, why compete with other people? You mm. know, if I can be a better man tomorrow than I am today, I'm making progress. Yeah. You know? Um, stay in your own lane. Uh, what I tried to do was what reason, what I, what the, one of the reasons that frustrates entrepreneurs is because we're always waiting for some people, external forces to help us. Mm. We're waiting for this guy to give us money, waiting for this guy to give me an order, this guy to perform. We are all at the mercy of external people. And what happens there is that that messes with you because you get frustrated. Now imagine where you accept the fact that there is external forces that you simply can't mess with. Yeah. Just Stay yeah. in your lane. <laughs> I've seen some films and throughout the whole film, they kept saying, like for things like this, they just kept saying, this is Africa. Some of your frustrations of like, when you said, like, I've had enough of like, in terms of fighting the Chinese phone companies, just like, yeah. CIA, this is Africa. Yeah. This is Africa, yeah. So this, this is what I've been through. And, uh, oh. you know, now I'm just, uh, I'm just much more calmer. I'm much happier. Mm. I'm much happier. I mean, I've done what I was meant to do. And I feel that, you know, um, there is just so much more bigger and better things waiting for me now. There is yeah. just so much more of a, uh, an internal level of respect that I have for myself where I say, you know, I get 20 propositions every day and I say no to all of them. Mm. You know? Not because I don't need to make, we all need to make money. Yeah. I just feel that I need to channel my strengths into certain areas now and I don't want to scatter yeah. my everywhere. 
Yeah, you don't want to dilute. You want to be very, very picky because yeah. you, again, that experience you've been through, you right. know what you don't want. <laughs> I right. mean, that's, yeah, you're very clear right. on that. And, and, and the book basically uh, tested. And why did I write, why did I call it tested? It's because but from the moment we're born to the day we die, what happens in between is a series of tests, mm. right? Most of these tests, well, some of these tests you'll win, but most of these tests you're going to fail. You're going to fail as a human yeah. being, right? And we have to embrace failure and amount of times I failed it because the universe keeps on whispering in my ear that mate, listen, you know what? Your mission in life is somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we have to listen to the universe and say, okay, you know what? If it's too tough, then that maybe that's not meant, meant for me. Maybe I'm going to just take those lessons and do something with it somewhere else. I asked you these questions before, but I'm interested based off, of, you know, off the back of the book of tested and what happened in the last three years, especially is there a quote? I mean, you mentioned that one about, like, I love the grass is not always greener on the other side one, but I, I mean, is there a quote that, especially in the last six months, a year, two years, a quote that has really resonated with you? Yes, and I'm going to read it to you. It's from my book. It's written by my very good friend, a guy called Oki Onyegbule. He lives in Abu Dhabi. Okay. Listen to this. This is my last, last quote of the book. Yes. I find that failure strips us of all that is superfluous, intimately acquainting us with our own nakedness. Only then are we ready to dance. Mic drop. That, 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 that is basically like, you know, you have to be exposed to your own nakedness. Then you really know who you are. And when you really know who you are, you are ready to take on the world. Love it. Love it. It's so, it's so awaken your alpha. It's so spot on for this show because as I say, you've, you've been to places that a lot of people won't go and you've come out the other side. And I mean, you just sound so kind of, aligned with what your purpose is now you know adam everyone says you know uh, have you found your purpose what's your purpose i'm like you know what there's a lot of talk right now about purpose yeah right? i have not found my purpose and maybe my purpose and maybe i don't have a holy grail purpose mm. like maybe my journey has been my purpose yeah you me? you're meant to do that yeah. no so i mean from what you've the thing is about your tested and maybe even this if you listen to this back as well and what's coming across from me when you like all like that you said that that tested without that level of being tested, maybe you wouldn't have written a book or the book in that way and called it tested. And without that, like you feel like, Oh my God, I've been through this, this, and this, I can't believe it. And this is like, this has pushed me to the edge. I need to tell other entrepreneurs. I need to help people who are coming into this. I mean, whoa, 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 don't do that. Or maybe try and do this or maybe locate and see like all these things that was coming across as that's where potentially could be your next level of greatness. That's what it's coming through on this interview. Well, correct, and that's that's what I want to do now. I want to speak. Um, I, I've I've started to get trying to get on the circuit now, but you know, not just every uh, yeah. you know where where I can add value. Yeah, I want to really focus on the book, uh, and I want to I want to help other entrepreneurs. And you know, if I see the right opportunity somewhere that I can add value, I'll take a small stake. Yeah, you know, I'm still in the game. Yeah, it's in the game from a different perspective. Well, I mean, this is, it's been such a different interview for me and I absolutely loved it because this is what I've been feeling for certain, certain people I've interviewed the first time around. I just want to find out and have that time to sit down with you again and find out what's going on and how you're doing. And, and I want to listen to your journey. How can I help in that mission? I mean, obviously I'm going to tell people as many people as I can about the book tested. How can I help in this mission? Well, I mean, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I think, I think it's always good as human beings. I think it's a very cruel world, right? Mm. Let's be very honest with ourselves. It's a cruel, cruel world. And I think entrepreneurs, especially listening to your show, business people, you know, we are human beings, you know, it's very, very important, important to have some kind of empathy. It's very important to have emotional intelligence. It's very important to have some kind of heart, you know, and that's what I've always done. You'll read my book. I've done everything with my heart. It's got me into a lot of trouble, but that's who I am. 
Yeah. I'm not going to apologize for that. I, I make decisions from the heart. I should have done it here sometimes, but from my brain, but that's who I am. And I'm saying that how can I help people to succeed by avoiding certain things that they don't know that's coming? Mm. It's coming, you know? And it's all about having that, 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 that experience to be able to say, well, you know what? I would not do it that way, you know? So the book is not about how to do things. It's how not to do things. And, I, and it's not a business book. I don't have, you know, it, it's, it's a global business adventure. And each adventure, each chapter, whether it's me falling in love with my wife, whether it's when I had no money, um, mm -hmm. you know, wh wh whether it's starting my phone, wh what I did at Motorola, every chapter has a lesson. And at the end of each chapter, there's lessons I've put into the book, yeah. you know? And these lessons, I want people to say, okay, how do I now adapt these into what I'm doing and make myself better? Yeah. You know? There's a way that I could work and help you, Adam, awaken people's alpha, you know, by having, bringing my two cents worth of experience from the trenches, literally the trenches of Africa, to be able to bring it to someone who's in New York, who's in Silicon Valley, who's got a little bit of a structure around them. Imagine how much better they would be. Yeah. I haven't read the book. Am I really... <laughs> I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you a copy. I'm going to send you a copy, and I'd love to give away a, a couple of copies to well, some of our listeners. Yeah, you. You. I mean, how, what? Five copies, ten copies? What do you think? Or a couple of copies? Five, or? five, five copies. Um, I could do uh, e-books. I could do. I, I prefer yeah. physical. I prefer physical, man. Well, if you send me one, I, I'm I'm going to match that. I'll match. I'm going to give out five copies of your book. Like, I'm serious. I love it. So, or if you want five copies of the book from my, you, you can tell them what you want to do. I just want a written review on iTunes, specifically mentioning um, Al, Pesci's, um, Al Pesci's episode on the iTunes review. Screenshot that and I'll send you a copy of, uh, I'll, I'll order you, I'll go direct to you and uh, I'll order you a copy of the book. So that's from my end. Uh, if there's a way that people could maybe uh, put something on my Facebook page or even on Amazon or something. Yeah, write a review for your book. Yeah, write the review. Get the book on yeah, Amazon read. right now. It's, uh, it's one of the top 10 hot new releases in the UK. Uh, it got released yesterday, by the way. Yeah, because I'd, I'd looked for it a little while ago and I know it was coming. Yeah, was like, yeah. coming. So, uh, you know, happy to, um, happy to get these copies over to your guys uh, and your listeners. And, you know, if they can, you know, if they can tell me, for example, mentioning obviously your hashtag, yeah. Alpha, but give me an example of, of, of a test that you just need help yeah. with. So I think it's so important because I think sometimes people who are, especially listen to your story will think, ah, oh, you know, you, you haven't got time to listen to this. But I mean, in my experience, you know, bearing in mind how many people listen to the show, it's a smaller number of people who would take the time to, you know, to give you some feedback, whether it's just a little comment or something like that. And for me, I think that's, that's vital. And as someone who's read your book, I'm sure you'd love to hear from, like you said, and how they've been tested and what get some real tested, feedback. Uh, 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 just, what is a test that they don't know the answer to? And maybe I can help them with that answer. Exactly. Well, free. Awesome. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. just a 10 minute call. Love it. So on top of that, what advice, if we could literally straight off this, off the end of this conversation, we could get, and you could get back to you seven years ago, just after you've started the company. Cause I know obviously one of the things would be to change the location, but you started the company in Africa. What advice would you give to yourself? You've got 60 seconds and then you're out. What would you say to yourself? Well, besides the location, I would have made sure that there was a certain IP with my product. Mm -hmm. Right. I would have made sure that uh, I really, really bring on some very, very clever, more smarter people than me. For seven years, I was the smartest kid in the room and I was in the wrong room. Right. Mm. Yeah. You must get some yeah. very, very smart people around you very quickly and let balance it out so that you just focus on what you're good at. Forget about your, uh, your, your weakness because there's someone else who uh, yeah. have the have the ability to bring on 
um, uh, stakeholders from a very early stage so that they can share the risk with you and then you're not drained 100% all the time. Yeah. And, and ultimately, really, Adam, take care of your health. Your health is the most important thing because that energy you have every morning is what's going to keep you going. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. What is the best way people can connect if they want to find out more, apart from buying the book? Well, I'd go to my website. Um, I've uh, uh, www.peshmode.com. I was going to say, I've seen a lot of Peshmode. I love Peshmode. Yeah, Peshmode is, is basically my modus operandi. This is how I do things, right? Very, very unconventional way of, of doing things, but that's who I am. I've also got a photo album, right? Okay. Because when you read the book, you're going to say, this guy's bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> you got photo. Look, this is, this is I've evidence. Got, I've got photos. I've got evidence of every chapter. Got the T-shirt. Got, this is a real story. <laughs> oh man, awesome. Well, I'm glad. You know, it's, it's nice that you're back in England, uh, back in London. And next time I come for, I'm definitely going to give you a heads up, and we could go for a coffee. And we don't have to talk any business, but we can do uh, or whatever. My pleasure. My, my pleasure. <laughs> if I'm coming down, if I come in, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to launch the book in the US as well. So if I'm coming, ah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite nicely situated, not too far from everyone. Northern Michigan, so you know, New York's not too far. California's, yeah, I'm in a good spot, Eastern time zone. But anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I can't wait to get this one out, man. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. You can head over to ayalpha.com, head over to Facebook, and search for Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, and jump on the inside. Let's connect. Let's take it to the next level. 